it seemed like a good idea at the time. You forgot one thing. We took a contract. Not the kind any court would enforce, that's just the kind you've got to keep. I've been offered a lot for my work, but never everything. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hello, and welcome to the rules of acquisition. A podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest Star Trek show to uh, really, really get in there and 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 deep into those Western tropes and whatnot and hokey and shifting tones or or Eastern tropes yeah, or those yeah depending on <laughs> your uh, preference. <laughs> And my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hello, nerds. What up, nerds? <laughs> that's my new. That's my new greeting. <laughs> no. Um. Hello. What's up, syrup of squill? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about episode called the Magnificent Ferengi, or Mag Earwig, as I wrote down in my title. Yes, no, this no, episode, this episode is episode 10 of season six. Should have been, it should have been episode seven if they were thinking, but <laughs> um, it's episode 10, season six. It originally aired January 1st, 1998. We're, we're officially in the point in history, my personal history where I had better things to do than to watch yes. this show, but <laughs> Nevertheless, 1998 was a good year, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess 97 was too, 97, yeah. 98, but, um, but it seems more real. 98 seems more mm-hmm. real, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a high school senior at the time, I w- and then James has, James has graduated, I guess. Yeah, I was in college. I met I, Hugh later in, two, in 1998. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. Later, ni- 98, yeah. Uh, at the request of the Grand Negus, Negus, Quark puts together a mission to rescue Quark's mother, who is in the hands of the Dominion. I will spoil something for those of you who um, who are, have a vested interest in our rewatch meter. This is a number ten for me. Um, this, I I am most I am most definitely going to watch this at some point in my life in the future. A hundred percent sure because. This episode is awful. <laughs> uh, very, 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 very few redeeming qualities. But the redeeming qualities are are so fun for me that I'm I'm here for this episode because this is just like a sweet spot of dumbness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this it, this episode if it fills your lust for life. It does. <laughs> this episode does. I mean, it's a Ferengi episode. <laughs> Surprise, everybody. It's called the Magnificent Ferengi. So those have uh, usually a slightly lighter tone, I guess, historically, are going back. Yeah. And this this is like the Ferengi episode to reference all the other Ferengi episodes. <laughs> this is the Infinity War of Ferengi episodes. <laughs> 
Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's yeah. just like tone wise. I, I don't know. Like when I was watching this the second time, I was like, all right, did I enjoy this? Did I hate it? I don't. Okay. Maybe it's just in how I'm approaching this episode. Like this episode, in some ways, you could argue it shows the way that DS9 plays with tone in a way that perhaps other Star Treks don't. I mean, Star Trek has had stupid dumb fuck episodes since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But this one really felt like, well, one, it's Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai. There's only six of them. Yeah, it's, but it's like really laying thick into the Western tropes for me. Yeah, just, the, just the way that, to the way that it's acted and the slapstick or bad old movie slapstick tone and broadness. Yeah, it, it leans into it. I, I mean, I, I think it had like a Laurel and Hardy sort of yuck yuck quality to it. Right, right. I don't, I mean, I guess that, I mean, the story has been told, what, four times now in major, major motion pictures. I mean, it's, it's Seven Samurai. It's the Magnificent, both versions of the Magnificent Seven and A Bug's Life. So like, <laughs> it's uh and it, Bugs Life had come out by this point, so it was. Oh yeah. So it's not like th- it was just the two. Right. Did the Bugs Life at least manage to fit seven characters into it, or did they just run out of money for seven? Well, they had the whole. They had the whole like they had a carnival, so it was a little bit different, right. but it's basically the same, you know. I was just annoyed that he, there's only six Ferengis in this. It's like it's the Magnificent Seven, you dumb fucks. It, you couldn't it, find. Well, they're okay. So they talk. I mean, I guess maybe are you supposed to? Is Moogie supposed to be uh, a seventh yeah. samurai? Is Keevan a seventh? Um, I was counting. I was counting the Grand, Grand Nagus as the seventh. Ah, uh, but they couldn't. Yes. They couldn't get Wallace Shawn to show up. I don't want part of this shit. So the whole time, the whole time I thought about it, I thought that Grand Navigus went to Quark. There's that scene between Quark and uh, Rom where he's like, "We got to do this," and he and he doesn't say. But I just kept thinking, "Must save Moogie." <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> so I, it was very Batman versus Superman to me. And I love it. <laughs> What did I mean? Why did you say <laughs> Moogie? I, you say I promise you, no Moogies will die tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they swear up and down in the writer's room that they were not referencing the Magnificent Seven. Right. Then why'd they call it Magnificent Ferengi, fucks? They, they're, they're doing that because they think they're being funny at this point. I think that's what it is. They've yeah. made so many references to so many different shows and movies and iconic pop culture stuff that they're just being coy because yeah. they do quark does the thing with his fingers where they they count now that how is many... now that is because armin shimmerman <laughs> realized you're doing say. fucking uh, magnificent seven of course yes that's our armin shimmerman added that in because armin shimmerman and someone else uh, they yeah they they reference it because they they studied it, but wait they... a minute, wait a minute. Let's okay. Let's do Snyder Cut level <laughs> investigating here. Okay, is it possible that the writers 
didn't do Magnificent Seven. Is there anything in the text? Well, it's Magnificent Seven. I mean, it's <laughs> that we have the like. I mean, it's a little bit different, but the idea that you have to accumulate a team and then well, they then go- they do well. Well, they don't have seven. Right. Number one, so they, mm-hmm. the writers have that going for them. Yes. Number two, they don't have to save a village; they have to save a rich lady <laughs> from a power <laughs> for a powerful dude. Yeah. So it's not like they're not they're not doing underdog. Yeah, any, yeah. They're not helping an underdog out at all. Altruism. So it's yeah. got that going for it. So, other than assembling a team, which... It happens in a lot of things. Like Wade said, this is the Infinity War Ferengi episodes. We're running down the clock on the series, so if you're going to do something to tie all this Ferengi shit together, you have to get you have to find a reason to bring a bunch of people in. Mm-hmm. Other than the fingers... And that Gardachek said he's perf- he purposely patterned himself... After trying to be like a like you know like a mirror show like a comp, like a parody of Steve McQueen, who did who said that? Uh, Grudenchek, uh, Rom said he oh, was trying Rom, to be Rom, a parody Rom, of yeah. Steve McQueen. I actually, thought Rom was great in this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and Quark was trying to be Yul Brynner. Oh, and they do the fingers. So yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe they maybe there's not enough. But once you do the the fact that it's called magnificent i don't know it, it seemed yeah, pretty I mean, is it possible that it, that it got hijacked on the set is what i'm saying it's possible is that, it's less connected here, here it is the, it's less connected than bugs life right i see it as they decided they're gonna do magnificent ferengi they probably had the title before they had the script and now they're gonna do a tie-in episode and then as they're writing it they realize that it's not exactly like oh ha, ha, when they're putting the story together they're like oh they're not saving a village they're saving moogie and so, and you know, it doesn't, it's not a one-to-one every plot point isn't from Magnificent Seven. So then they can, mm. that gives them enough plausible deniability. But they had to know that that's what they were, you know, like they couldn't have been ignorant to the similarities. I mean, obviously, Iris Stephen Bear has watched enough uh, Turner Classic movies. Obviously, <laughs> right? he's proved that yeah, yeah. <laughs> over the course of the show that he he's aware of the Magnificent Seven. So, and probably, you know, he's probably a film nerd and knew about uh, Seven Samurai. So, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's it's Schrodinger's Magnificent Seven. <laughs> yeah, that's point. right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I think. It's enough like it to make me roll my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gives the beats to the episode, but you're right. A lot of that could be uh, after the tampering after the shit. fact. Yeah. yeah, or just tampering after the right. fact. Yeah. Saying that it has nothing to do with Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai just does not pass the smell test on for me. <laughs> yeah, who wrote All this? right. Well, okay, so I, I can see how I, I see how it's not... In the tech, other than the title, which could have been changed after Shimmerman hijacked it. <laughs> yeah. Even though the, the finger thing is like Textually. my favorite thing. In the, oh, yeah. Up, in this? Up, yes. up, up until, uh, up until the, the search and destroy part. The, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they're clearly, it's it's a Western, right? Oh, remember that search and destroy scene in Steve's Life Aquatic? Oh, yeah. With Steve Zizou? Oh, yes, where, yes, where yes. they Where they have the firefight? I wonder if anybody's ever put that music, that search and destroy, over the music for the firefight at the end of this episode. <laughs> if it matches it. up. Maybe we, we'll try. I'll just, that's a great, yes. So they take over because the Because there's a fight. I mean, there's a fire. Yeah, there, yeah. You know, yes. I don't know. There might not be enough action in this episode <laughs> to do it all. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right, but it is more per- it is more pertinent, you know. Right, 
Well, so. that's enough. That brings me to pretty much the main course of, of our podcast, which is the fact that Iggy Pop plays the Vorta in this. <laughs> right. Yes. So apparently it was Iris Stephen Bear's lifelong goal to get Iggy Pop on the show. He tried to get him in past tense as Grady. I don't know if I remember. Is Grady the... Um, was he the guy with the, the hat? Fedora guy? No, no, it's the Ron Howard character, not the uh, the Clint Howard character. Oh, right, right. We did we mentioned that in that when we went over that episode. Oh yes, I think it yes. And so he 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 did. They didn't work out there, and so he gave him this role. And he does comment, which is something that I thought too, is that when you think of Iggy Pop, you think of this like fucking live wire, fucking jaguar, yeah. like, and then they cast him as this the man who doesn't move. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I love it. Uh, Iggy Pop is was is he brings a strangeness to this role. Yeah, that that's perfectly in sync with what the Vorta are because mm-hmm. there is a slight danger. To his character. Like a caged animal or like a... Yeah. Y- yeah. Yes. Like, like there's... Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. I, I think I receive Bear disagrees. He's like, yeah, that was a mistake. I should have cast him as something with more energy. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I think he was played it perfect. I think he, I think Iggy played it perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think it was perfect for him because the Vorta are fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Number one, because they're not real people you know <laughs> yeah yes i was grown in a vat or whatever he said. <laughs> and his weird like northern miss midwestern like draw what you know with giving yes. these people the orders was fantastic <laughs> i i i was completely here for for him he's my I favorite love, vorta oh yeah yeah i mean i mean wayoon is pretty great but I mean Jeffrey Jeffrey Combs no, does a lot no, of no, yeah. no 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 Jeffrey Combs is is fantastic oh, I, yeah but <laughs> If I had my choice, but every if the run of this entire series, if they could have put Iggy Pop's weird ass <laughs> and given Wayoon's job, that mm-hmm. same that same character you had Wayoon's job, and he looked like tragically bored and like pained by having to even be there in every scene, you know, with like yeah, yeah. Uh, Gold Ducat, that would have been great. What if they all had those upper Midwest accents? You know, like you hmm. can get like a Sam Shepard. You can get all like of, a, yes, <laughs> all of them are act like they're from, or, or from maybe a Dylan, a Dylan played over. <laughs> oh man, Dylan would have been a great. What if they only got rock and roll <laughs> Hall of Fame caliber Midwestern actors yes. to play? Dylan, you'd hardly even have to give him a wig. That's true. He does have that that same sort of. <laughs> and he'd probably be like, "Oh man, I'm not wearing those fucking contacts." <laughs> so he'll do, I'll just good. squint. Will that be that all right, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be so much fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Glenn Fry. Oh. <laughs> all of the Eagles. All of them. Give like there's a cluster of four, five from Don Felder to yeah. I actually no, think uh, Glenn Fry would have made a better Cardassian. That's just just looking at because he's got face. that neck, yeah, he's yeah, got that, that head to neck ratio is yep. is working for him. But Joe Walsh, great, would be a great Vorta. Yeah, yeah. All right, so where are we where are we at? I mean, at the cold open, uh, syrup of squill, everybody, and he's telling his war stories about negotiating with the drought on the Balancar stockpiling squill. Now, and, and when Lita says, I love the syrup of squill on my grote cakes, I would go, 
We're going to do two more takes of that. Then I'm going to have to, I'm going to request a line change. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love syrup of school on my road cakes. This is the thing. I love that story. And I want to tell you why I love that story. The nephew of a cousin of the stepsister of a friend of the secretary of the <laughs> consortium's chief accountant. That story. That's actually good Ferengi stuff right there because mm-hmm. Quirk is forever scheming. He's forever working. And just once we hear of something that actually went right where he actually, but we didn't have to see it like an ep, like that wasn't the, an episode. Mm-hmm. You know, he's discuss- he's discussing something that could have very easily have been an episode. Yeah, they could have done more of that. Peppered these little schemes that was constantly good. Like, like he was, con- he constantly had this kind of schemey shit in the air. Well, yeah, but I'm just glad that he once outmaneuvered somebody mm-hmm. and came out on top for like for once in the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Because we want to believe that Quark is good, like somewhat good at being a, a Ferengi. Right, right, right. So I enjoyed that. He actually had his own, for once he actually had his own war story, like victory. Mm-hmm. And then gets overshadowed by people who are actually laying down their life. <laughs> right. You know. Dax and Jillian come in is like, well, they're actually, you know, like actual heroes oh, yeah. things even worse because odo like is the one bringing all that yeah up. oh my god right, that, right. yeah i rolled my eyes on that one uh, <laughs> they're, they're heroes they're killing the people that i would <laughs> they're killing I would, if you catch me on a bad day i would totally <laughs> defect to <laughs> yeah <laughs> if it's been a long time since i've been linked yeah bad day i don't know yeah yeah which i guess i mean like if they did it right but they they do it from like a place of like moral rectitude but if they did it, it's like a this guy's just fucking, you know, his mind is fucked. Like he's just confused. All, like you know, if you have a if there's a crackhead on the show, he's like, yeah, I like them cops busting up all these crackheads. That's a good thing. It's a cleaning the streets up, you know. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's kind of looking at you like, really? <laughs> like, but anyway, oh yeah, it's just Morty's killing Morty's, you know. It's just yes. Morty's killing Morty's. Uh, he after he he's bummed out because his you know whatever stole thunder in his own bar. Mm-hmm. He gets a phone call from the Grand Nick, who we don't like. You said earlier we don't see. They don't bother. <laughs> and then they cut after the intro to him telling Rom right, yeah. and then explaining to Rom, uh, you know your mom's banging the the president of Ferengi and R. I do have a basic structure issue yeah. with not writing the call to action as a scene. Right. Did they, like, I mean, clearly did they just couldn't afford Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Well, you still, you write around that. You bring some fucking, like, I guess or something. I don't know. You do something else. Yeah. I don't know. But the call to action probably needs to be filled. You have it like an, I, I got it. You have an encoded, like an encoded, like written something. Yeah. You, and you, you, something that he has to, yeah. Yeah. Or, and he's like reading it or something. Zimmerman's a good actor. He could react enough to sell that maybe where a lesser actor would fuck it up. Sure. But mm-hmm. no, I, I'm with you, James. That was lame as fuck. Like, <laughs> right. That's some, that, that is some lazy shit. That's some weak sauce. Like, yeah. and, just like, oh, he loves Squill, but he, not enough to show up. <laughs> we have them going through the, the air ducts or whatever yeah. bullshit. And then I think that we have one of the best Cisco moments. Oh, where they, this always... is where they're, I mean, this whole episode is a Looney Tunes cartoon where they like, Oh, should have made a, made a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Yep. Yep. And, but the look on his face 
was still there was nothing cartoony about how (laughs) about how avery brooks played it (laughs) mr brooks takes his job very seriously that not only that is like he was a little irritated he even had to be at work yeah probably i I was thinking but he was saying like so you pay me the same and yeah and he's like and this is this is it this is my life he goes yeah he goes okay (laughs) (laughs) but if you have to shoehorn avery brooks into every episode because it's his show because contractually yeah that was a fantastic way to do it oh and yeah and the three stooges hello 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 like except it's rom's no 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 (laughs) like when i got the key all wrong shit but it's sounded like the stooges hello no 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 yeah, I, 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 this is one of those episodes that is pitched. Like I talked about, like I don't <laughs> like yuck yucks or wacky hijinks yeah. and, as much oh, as other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And there is a lot of that. So it was a lot of me watching, not laughing. But <laughs> yeah, some of it was fun, but not that. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, Avery Brooks's line reading, you're right, is is, is fun. Right. And the Moogie's on a trench she's she was going to vulcan to get her ears raised oh uh, yeah interesting and that's why the negus let a female travel which they're not supposed to do they not i mean i don't know yeah i guess okay that's that's what i mean i guess that that's fine that's like that that idea works on the fly but if you, oh, if you think about it for more than two seconds you're like why wait she was here before no, she wasn't. No, and also they're a planet full of people with giant ears. Why don't they do their own yeah. plastic surgery? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that that whole exposition scene I, <laughs> was weak sauce. I mean, I get that Klingons have different ears, too, but they also, yeah, I don't the know. Vulcans. You, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be cheaper, James. Yeah, they it, don't. It that's might. true. <laughs> it's like going down to Mexico for your uh, lap band surgery. <laughs> <laughs> would do that <laughs> but anyway yeah, no, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I know people that did that <laughs> i don't think they listen to the podcast but that's all i'll say okay because their doctor here won't do it anyways uh i won't and their name starts with a <laughs> and um and the city they live in rhymes with Volva? Volva? but i don't think they listen <laughs> no i don't think they Volva is it uh, Dolores. <laughs> and then so they get Rom and for a 30 20 split, and then they tell all the other Ferengi that it's a 20 bars of gold press latinum they're splitting. They get Nog on board so that he can be strategic operations officer, just like Worf. So he's on board because it's his, his Moogie, too, I guess. And then they go to like the Western trope of the guy. The Ferengi that's not like other Ferengi because he's just like an eliminator or mm-hmm. talking, talking in an old Wild West voice kind of I don't know like sounds like which is hard to do with those that that those teeth in your right, mouth right mm-hmm. if he was doing if he were playing in another character in a Western named Cookie I would have bought it listen oh, yeah. I thought that having a guy so far we've got three Ferengi on this team that are not motivated by profit. You've got Rom, who's motivated by his engineering duties and Lita and his life on Deep Space Nine. And Moogie. You've got Nog, who is motivated by, you know, his military status. And then you've got the Eliminator guy who who wants to be challenged in his, in his craft. Lecky. So it is a little interesting that we have a culture and we have these outsiders from without outside their 
Yeah. Yeah. This is, and he's the only Ferengi that is new to this episode. No, he was featured in the. Oh, was he? Yeah, the one uh, briefly. He was in uh, the one where that's all about Liquidator Brunt and going home and where he had to go home and argue in front of the. Nagus. Uh, was it the Nagus or was it the whatever? The Liquidator. Oh, okay. The first one with Liquidator Brunt. Oh, okay. Not the one where they're trying to sell his body pieces, but the okay. one before and that. And what one. was Lex? in that i don't remember he's in it briefly i don't know oh then i stand corrected i don't think he's sketched out but it's yeah but that's yeah i looked into it it's mm-hmm. it's not much but and then they go find cousin gala who's been arrested on thalos 6 for vagrancy and do they travel to thalos 6 or he's been moved to deep space 9 i have questions there but Quark's paid his fine, so he's free to go and join the team instead of killing Quark. Because what does he get in return for it? Well, he gets to earn some latinum. And I think I think he, if anybody was playing the Tashar Mifune role, I think it was probably him. I guess so, yeah. Instead of a... Like the wild card who's uh-huh. erratic and, and untested and, and, and fuck up right like i think yet he's the one that arguably has the most experience with weapons yeah and he also can't read a schematic because nog has to turn it because he's reading it upside down when they're doing their recon and it's like wait a minute Mm. i know that guy knows how to do schematics he was doing all this fancy holographic weapons in the holodeck but well maybe it was all salesmanship i guess so like yeah like, you know, like a salesman doesn't know a fix a car. A car salesman doesn't know a fix a car. Right. But I think a Ferengi you know? knows how to look at a Ferengi data pad. Maybe I'm being an asshole. I probably am. Probably. No, I in calling him, yeah, that was a little silly, but sure. Mm-hmm. But he had a role to play. He was the, 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 the fuck up. Right, right. And then, so then they're all trying to figure out how they're going to do it. And they're like, oh, shit, we don't have a ship. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're right. They don't have a ship, so... I guess Scala just got sent to Deep Space Nine's brig because they didn't go to, or they had to go get him, I thought, but how, I don't, I had nerd corner questions. I guess they could just take it. I don't really know. I mean, I guess they maybe. They can hire. Because they had, they, had, they were sanctioned by the Federation. I guess. That's another question I had later Well, on. by giving them, they know what they're doing. They they gave them a Federation prisoner. I know. Yeah. That seems like. They couldn't get him a ship too? Yeah, the whole thing. Why'd they give him a prisoner, too? That seemed like a bad idea. Well, that, that was the thing, is that everybody in the first three seasons of this epi- of this series, at one point, everybody goes to Cisco and asks for a runabout. Yeah. And Nog very could have easily mm-hmm. could have done that, and it would have made sense. Right. But then, yeah, Brunt comes on and says, I got a ship. And they're like, well, okay, you're on the team. And then and he says, now we are six. So isn't now we are seven? Is that a line? Uh, I don't really, well, they got, I mean, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. Probably not. Yeah. They were only going to hire six in the original, they were only, and then Tashara Mifune just bummed with them. Oh, right, right. Like they couldn't shake him, which is why he doesn't get a circle on their flag. He's the triangle because uh, he's like the fool that followed them. Right. I don't know. I haven't seen, like, is there, a, who's the equivalent of Magnificent Seven? It's been a long time. Is it, that's that's a that's its own thing. That yeah, no, they they're all recruit. That was a that was its own thing in Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. Is they the don't guy. have a they don't have a goofball. They don't they have, have a, a go- they don't yeah. have a straggler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And they're all hopeless when they're running their holographic simulations. And 
Lex shoots the shoot shoot the hostage. Oh, that is a speed joke, isn't it? Well, I, they don't. He never says shoot the hostage, but that's what they do in Speed. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, and Speed had already been it had been popular by then. Right. So. right. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And then I was the king of Squill, and now we are all fuck ups, and then. Rom is like, well, we're not commandos, we're negotiators, or maybe Quark said that. So then they just, oh, that's right, we'll negotiate. And then they just go to Captain, instead of asking for a runabout, they ask for a political high-value prisoner. And Cisco says, sure, why not? Because Kira put a word in for you because you saved her back in episode six. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. He did save her ass. True, yeah. So... Yeah. We can't. I mean, that's yeah. But they just played all so nonchalantly. It's like and yeah, they debriefed. For the... They they did they debriefed Kevon as the Federation got probably all they were going to get out of old Kevon anyway. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they just it just seems flippant to me how like you did be a solid. Here's no questions asked. Here's a war criminal. <laughs> there you go. But uh, they it wasn't. I mean, they explained they explained it, it but yeah. It, this whole episode's pretty flippant. And he goofy. said, don't thank me, thank, thank Major Kira. So, I mean... Yeah, and she's like, yeah, at any time. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're right. It's fine. It just... It just... Uh, yeah. It is what it is. And then they sail off in the butt plug ship. Fa- this, is, this is one of those don't think about it episodes. <laughs> like, even, I, even I'm like, this was one of those don't think about it too much <laughs> <Right>. episodes. <laughs> it's just like anything they can do to fit as many references the old episodes in. Though. We got Keevan. Yes. We got the butt plug ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Impact Noor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so they go to Impact Noor and Nog is like, I've been here before. And they set up in the infirmary, and then they're like, "Hey, look! Some of these med- some of this medical equipment still works. This is clearly setting something up for later." Yeah, yeah. I did. I did like how they had to do it on Impagnor because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Whoever like that had to be an accountant that was like, "You have to do all these away missions. If you could just do it away mission, that was also on DS Nine. <laughs> right. That would be great." <laughs> okay, <laughs> just dim the lights. I guess we can. And Park Nors is a concept they should have introduced in season two. Yes, yeah, like yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, could have saved a lot of a lot of money. A lot of right. You, know, you think about all the episodes that could have been set. All, all of the <laughs> just dim the lights. All of the put a few, yeah. few barrels around, and you're good to go. Yes. Why didn't they go to Impact Nor when they were kicked off Deep Space Nine? Right. Well, that would have been cool. They, yeah. Was that space overran too? Maybe I don't know. They needed defensive uh, security like they did at Starbase two seven six or whatever. Yeah, why why aren't the Federation taking over Impact Nor? Since obviously they can just go there whenever they want to. So they have like yeah 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 yeah. a perfectly fine station. But if it wasn't empty, then they couldn't always go there. Right. Whenever they need to. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> it would ruin the point of having Impact Nor as pl- <laughs> right. for the, why they created it to begin with. Yeah. Even's uh, playing his creepy voice. We're already dead. We're all going to die. And Borda are supposed to commit suicide when they get captured. And he's a coward. And so he's like, they're just going to kill me anyway. They're going to execute me in the most unpleasant way manner. After what is surely going to be a most 
unpleasant depression. Yeah, I don't like uh, Ira Kaplan as much as I like Iggy Pop playing a voice. No. I liked Ira Kaplan more in his last episode than this one, but... Uh, right. Yeah. Mm. He's capable with the shenanigans, though. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sh- so. Shenanigan capable. He, weak- he weakens at Bernie's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, we're get- oh, man, you're skipping ahead to the last 10 minutes. <laughs> in in to- my mind, half of this episode is weakened at Bernie's, but <laughs> yeah. in actuality, I clocked that it. it's only like four minutes of weakened at Bernie's. <laughs> right. yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is an episode where the first two acts are Magnificent Seven, and the third act is weakened at Bernie's. <laughs> right. And how is that not a recipe for just some delightful entertainment i don't even know <laughs> this this is so dumb this is so dumb <laughs> that it's entertaining we are at move along home territory with our entertainment here level yeah, here yeah, yeah. it's getting there yeah uh, yeah the vorta show up and everybody freaks out and they're running back to the thing and then word gets out that quirk conned them and and he's actually getting 50 bars of latinum they, they do have the transporter jamming stuff, so they're covering some of their nerd corner bases. And Gala's screaming, and, you know... Oh, because Gala just lets the guy go. Well, he falls asleep when he's on watch. Who said you could sleep? And he's like, oh... Yuck, yuck. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You were guarding him. He must have slept away while I was sleeping. Sleeping? And I guess that scene's there to make Quark look smart or, like, capable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's... Already instructed Rom to take the yeah he's got disengage the induction <laughs> matrix on the butt plug ship. Uh, Rom has the alternate yeah Rom has the alternator <laughs> right yeah right and then they're here and the alarm goes off and antics ensue and they get back and they're like you go look for them it's like wait they're here because we asked them to come here it's like oh yeah right so Quark is going to go check to see that they're there and he makes nod go with them and then another this is another nerd minute like nitpicky thing i noticed that kind of annoyed me so nog is like i'll go i'll check and he's got his phaser rifle there with the strap and then he's going to open the door manually with his hands to see if the jim hadar are there but before he opens the door instead of using the strap on the fucking gun he takes it off and sets it down. Again, it's very nitpicky on my part, but it's like, that's what the strap's for, bro. Why, why don't you use the strap? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of Jim Hadar and our boy Iggy Pop. Yeah, I, this is the this is the stuff that I I uh, it moved into things I could tolerate when it was just characters interacting with each other in these negotiation scenes. I like yeah, th- this stuff is fun. I like this stuff. Yelgren. I liked Quark being capable. Yeah. And and playing the scenes well and Iggy Pop being fun. Yeah, and his Eeyore voice. <laughs> what a touching and heartfelt reunion. Yeah, it was very uh I liked how they built them with a sense of sarcasm. Not balls, but sarcasm. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. A, oh yeah, and I thought I thought he was menacing. He did have a menacing effect. Oh, he did, yeah. I, I oh, thought yeah, yeah. just by virtue of being Iggy yeah, Pop, yeah. like I, mm. I really feel he played just the, it's a weirdness, like you said, that he brings to the role that just sells really well. Yeah, it's alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like you know if we're talking about it, it shows some diversity among the Vorta to an extent. You know, you've got Wayun, who's you know kind of the ingratiating, gregarious, and affable. Yeah, yeah. 
and then the uh, Ira Kaplan, <laughs> Florida, who's suicidal, like sui- I guess, or like, if, or well, he's not suicidal. He's not suicidal enough, apparently, because he fought to stay alive in that Rocks and Shoals episode. Yeah, he's he seems very, uh, but it, it, it is a degree of like. A, oh, in this episode, he, he's like he's got a quiet swarm about him, sort of like Ryan from The Office. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that that's that's how Kevon is. Yeah. And he, he was trying to get everybody to sign up for Wolf right. <laughs> his, his yes. social media. Like, yeah. yeah, and in this episode, he is resigned to death because he knows the, the Dominion are going to kill him. But he's yeah, also they're even negotiating about when they. I mean, that's sort of the point is that they they can't kill him now. They got to kill him later, and and right. so yeah, you want his information, don't you? And, mm. Because he's still for self preservation. He's like, you dumb fuck, Ferengis. We're all going to die. We should escape now. If you don't want to die, we all need to leave, me included. Mm-hmm. And then covering more of their nerd corner bases in ways that they don't like. Where did the ship come from? How did they get to Gale or whatever? The stuff I brought up. But then uh, Nog is brings up the, how do we know you're not a changeling, Moogie? And then we have the weakest bit of slapstick comedy, Three Stooges, Yuck Yucks, I Poke. Oh, the with Moogie, the Moogie yeah. slapping them is just uh, yeah. that is Ugh. that's some piss poor blocking there. I don't know. That's, that was pretty dumb. It's pretty weak. That was that was embarrassing, Moogie. But then they do it, and then they go they get back, and they're all like, "Oh, we did it, we did it!" And then they're like, "Oh, we're so I can't wait to get back home to the torrential rains of Ferenginar with the rotting vegetation and the dampness." And this whole time when this scene was going on, I was like, just talking to myself, saying, please don't sing. Please don't sing. Because I thought they were going to sing like the <laughs> Ferengi Home on the Range or something. Yeah. It just felt like that in the Western they were going to sing. Oh, the they sun is sinking in the west. That was the Rick Nelson thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go down to the stream. Then they find out that there's 50 bars of Latinum in play. Things get out of hand. And Cousin Gala does the thing he said he wanted to do initially and he's got, I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill you in his Jimmy Stewart. I'm going to kill you quark and shoots and kills Keevan. Who that character is in uh maniac. Oh shit. Really? New show. I've seen the first 20 minutes of. <clears throat> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Where are we? Were they actually, they killed Keevan and all they that just, jazz. They just shot Keevan and it's time to weaken the Bernies and, Yes, the best part of this episode. Right. And like, we can't give up. You remember the Battle of Prexnack, which is like the Ferengi Alamo, I guess. Ten Ferengis surrounded by 273 Lytations. And like, well, you know, they were all slaughtered, right? Like, oh, yeah. And then there's a neural stimulator that slaps Nog and... And they, oh, it sets up reflexive impulse in the cerebellum. And I didn't know you studied medicine. Well, medicine is not too different from engineering. Gee, Williker. And so then they weaken the brain, which is actually pretty great. You do get this scene where Quark has to go back and ask for like five more minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's uh, the Iggy Popness of that. Right. And, the, yep. no, and the growing frustration amongst the Moogie. Right, right. Uh, was uh, which why yeah. aren't you hurry up just to fucking do this, Cora? Like, and and so that was fun. And oh, yeah. give give the man what he wants. <laughs> yeah, give, yeah, yeah. Come on. Like, and they the the another way they Looney Tunes this episode is when Kevin gets shot 
What is like, I hate wabbits. I hate Ferengi. And then he dies. Okay, he's out there doing his Looney Tunes shit this whole episode. There is a lot of, yes, there's a lot of. Yeah. But I must say, your lack of trust saddens me. Yeah, that was the that felt like Iggy Pop trying to do like some Wayun shit. That was one of those lines that would have been directly said by both of them. Oh yeah. And Iggy Pop taking it like a different read. Because all of the Vorta, except for Ira Kaplan Vorka and Iggy Pop all sort of play on this sort of salesman right, right. sort of vibe where Iggy Pop was like your lack of like he didn't give a shit you know <laughs> right, like right, he right. said that line in no convincing manner whatsoever like i think intentionally so it was oh yeah yeah and then they're they're they've got the dead body up and running and frankenstein and they just have just a just a laugh <laughs> the, the the flippancy that they just like laugh at, at this corpse that they've animated <laughs> was right. a little bit mm-hmm. really tickled i was a little di- bit like this is i find it a little disconfitting but <laughs> like a man is dead, you soulless freak. <laughs> I mean, it's just a vorta, but they're like, ah, look, he's walking around. It was, yeah, I mean, it's I, creepy what you're doing, but I get it. I guess Moogie is is trying to sell Nalgum or Yelgrim on Hippocat futures, which are good for diffractive optics and some beauty products. Look, listen to how smooth my <laughs> scalp is. And oh yeah, Moogie's always Moogie, and the fact that Iggy Pop actually acts like he's slightly interested in it. Right, right. But we'll mm. probably still have to go. Moogie gonna Moogie. Which gets into that the reoccurring thing that these Vortas have some form of like agency. Uh, or pers- yeah, personal interest outside of their job where they're not supposed to have. Right. Where you had like Wayun with the, the getting snookered by the, the guy in the baseball card episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then or um, wanting to like appreciate art. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's struggled. And then Iggy Pops does desire to have a portfolio. Well, I can see because they mentioned the three things that, you know, Moogie's like, you don't have any family, you don't have. Uh, right, yeah. You don't you don't have any parents, you don't have any kids. You don't have a sweetheart or a Yeah, yeah. Basically he's got no dick, he's no got, investment portfolio. He's got no people, he's got no dick, and he's got no money. <laughs> and and he can't do anything about having no people and having no dick, but like he could fantasize about having some money, you know? So that that was that was what he was kind of this is interesting. Right. But right. I will have to kill you if you if you're right. Like, but I will have to I'm afraid I'm gonna have to kill you. Yeah. So all of that stuff is is fun. Right. Thank God for Iggy thank God for Iggy Pop in this episode. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Iggy Pop is his performance in strangeness is propping up this entire episode. Everything else is just yeah, yeah. little stuff to like carry you along. And it's dumbness. The dumbness of on its own is not worth the revisiting because there's it, there's not enough meat on the bone of the dumbness. It's not like you know what I mean, the room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's close at times, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's Iggy Pop that makes it worth it. Right. the 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 acting is serviceable enough to not be the room, but Iggy Pop brings in like a certain weirdness, a good performance, but it's so unusual that it really carries the rest mm-hmm. and then they get moogie back and uh bernie's walking into the wall and they get the drop on him and shoot the two jimidar that he has left and they're like well the federation gave us a vorta we'll give them one completely going 
back on the deal that they made. But I guess the board would have done the same. Yeah. Well, you had to like, yeah, you had to survive at that right. point. A so. deal is a deal only between Ferengi. Mm. Rule something, something, something. And then to thematically book in the episode, it's like, well, how does it, how does it feel to be a hero, brother? And why don't you tell me? Feels good. End of episode. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's mm-hmm. it, man. That's pretty much it. You guys, before we get into all of our end of show stuff, do you guys have any final thoughts or anything you want to address? Um, is there anything that you would have done differently? How would you have done this episode differently? How would yeah? Uh, all Iggy Pop conversations with Armin Shimmerman, just an act, like a mammoth play of negotiations. Yes. Uh, basically, if I could, if 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 instead of aping that, we just aped uh, instead of aping six, Seven Samurai, we just aped Glengarry Glen Ross, which is a conversation between Armin Shimmerman and right. Uh, and you yeah. know what? Glengarry Glen Ross and Ferengi uh, is more closely goddamn right closely. Yes. Uh, you know, makes more sense. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have done Glengarry Glen Ross. I would have done Reservoir Ferengi <laughs> with Quart tied to a chair and Iggy Pop oh, wow. threatening to cut his ear off. And then you go back and instead of Seven Samurai, you do the Ferengi is Mr. Pink and Mr. Brown. <laughs> you have like, why does Mr. Why do I got to be Mr. Pink? That's too much like Mr. Pussy. Yes. <laughs> you have Wisecracking Ferengi. You bring back... Bring back Joe from uh, an episode <laughs> that you can, yeah, yeah. Then you have oh yeah, because it's a Galen episode. But then you have him holding Galen's hand and the, the other, and he's like, "Quark, Quark, I have something to tell you." <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm working for the Dominion, Quark. Yeah, I'm working for the uh, Lek, the guy who played you Lek. Qu- you do have a you have a ear cutting scene where he's dancing around to some. Um, you do near sounding <laughs> attainable rights music. Yes, something not from yeah. Leck was a uh, the actor who played him, which is he goes by the acting name of Hamilton Camp, but was Bob Camp, the uh, folk singer from the fifties yes, and sixties. Wow. I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I had to look that guy up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's no longer with us. He died in two thousand five. So. He was pretty old though. He did a lot of match. Okay. He was. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think he was the guy on the phone and all of the uh, all of the uh, Bill Bixby Hulk TV show. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a lot of voiceover work too. So, not much else. Okay. Well, your rewatch meter. I got to know where you stand on this one, guys. I'll put it at an eight. I put it at a three <laughs> all right really i you're I, more you're more likely if you put it at three you're more likely to revisit statistical probability than you are because you had that at a four you are cordially invited Worf's wedding you have at a three so this is on on par with with Worf and Jadzia getting married. Yeah, a little bit. I don't <laughs> i mean the iggy pop stuff is okay like now in reflection it maybe it should be a four because I, I don't I, I the most of this stuff I could give two shits about. Yeah, these are not care. I mean, these are not characters that I like. I do like Iggy Pop. Yes, there is not enough Iggy Pop. Yeah. So let's say that Iggy Pop gets them a four. All right. Um, Armin Shimmerman and that that stuff uh, gets it there. But this is a, this is a ten for me. Like I said at the top of the show, I think the Cisco moment where you have to shoehorn him in. Mm-hmm. They shoot a, shoehorned him in well. 
Um, I like the stuff at the beginning where he has to he has his off screen victory that he recounts to this bar. I like had this dumb, dumb, dumb turn it takes at the <laughs> end when it becomes weekend at Bernie's. Uh, and you know, Iggy Pop is you know the best in this. I think he's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is a ten for me. So uh, I will re- I will rewatch. Like this is a hundred percent because you compared it to you compared it to Move Along Home, and I'm like, why doesn't it ring that kind of craziness with me? And I think it's because like part of the reason that I like Move Along Home and those kinds of things is because like when you're like, how did this happen? Right. What was the pitch? Every step of oh, the way. Yes. Move- they didn't know it was it was as dumb as it. They didn't think Move Along Home was dumb. Right. Yes. This is. Right. It, they it, knew it's it a series yes. of mystifying decisions where I felt like I could see why every decision was made here. This is every choice was by design. Yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing mm-hmm. with this episode. Yeah. And it's still. I mean, it's a. It's a. It's a weird failure you know just like just like move along home but it is a it is interesting so i i <laughs> yeah. i i i i i think that this is more in your wheelhouse than mine you know like your personal oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah your yeah. subjective enjoyments yes is this it's out of mine and, and in your yeah oh no yeah. no this is completely dumb te- and yeah. horrible television <laughs> i was just it was just very palatable to me for a bunch of different reasons yeah because mm-hmm. I actually, I braced myself to hate it. Like, I braced myself. That might have been part of... I watched it twice, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I yeah I uh, braced myself to hate it. And that might have been why I had low expectations. And, right. So. The first time going in, I enjoyed it for the novelty, and I liked it for what it was. The second time, it was just the mood. You know, like, I was I was approaching it, having watched it, and I was like, okay... I have to I have to reset my mindset to go into this episode and enjoy it. I had to work harder to get into it the second time just because I wasn't ready for it. So what do you give it? I think that's the trick to the Ferengi episodes. You got to like, all right, this is a Ferengi episode. This is going to be some goofy, childish, kind of broad comedy kind of stuff. You work harder to like a show than I do. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> It depends on yeah, some, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might as well enjoy it if I'm committed to watching you know seven seasons. That's true, but then it's but if it's work to enjoy it, it's not then always It's not always. It's not no 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 I'm not saying it's not always. I'm not oh, yeah. easily. This is yeah, but like uh what what is what do you rate this? I don't remember what you said. Oh I, I mean my rewatch an was eight. an eight. You said an eight. We want to get into okay. the IMDB now. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's a huge question for us, but I just yeah, jumped in. Here. Yeah, I'm, are you guys ready? Uh, I want him to go first. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Who knows? I was gonna say you go first, Hugh, but you're the guy that's looking at the IMDb. I yeah, I know what I'm. I know what I'm. I'm gonna say it's a seven point five. That's good. I'm gonna go seven point. I'm gonna go seven point eight. People like this stuff. People love this stuff, guys. Okay, this is a this is an 8.1, which which puts it higher than everything this season except for the sacrifice of the angels, favor the bold, and that's it. Rocks and Shoals is you know a time to stand. Rocks and Shoals. There's only four episodes so far that rank higher (laughs) than Mm. Magnificent Ferengi on IMDb. I thought, see, going in. James, like last week, was like, oh, this this is a famously hated episode. 
And I was like, I don't think it no, is. No, 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 no. I mentioned a famously hated Ferengi episode that is not. No, no I wasn't talking about this. Oh, you're talking about Prophet and Lace, huh? Spoilers. I am talking about Prophet yeah. and Lace, yes. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, Prophet and Lace is a Nobody likes notably Al. hated episode. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was season seven, but anyway. No, it's this season. Oh, okay. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, um... For for I mean next week we we go back to serious engaging interesting episodes oh, right. after this after this uh, uh, detour to shenanigans with the waltz which is uh, we revisit Ducat and then we have do you, do you think when they named it waltz they were like all right duet was a great episode what's something that we could name that's like that <laughs> that's a musical term yeah I don't yeah. Uh, it's because uh, it's uh, the whole th- no, I don't know three beats. I don't understand why the waltz would. Anyway, uh, three weeks later, though, far beyond the stars, Ooh. which is an episode I've been waiting to do since the beginning, since we started. Yeah, and in the in between, something we won't re- we don't remember. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, it's who mourns the mourns oh, for oh, mourn. That's so. another okay. Yeah, so we got. I mean, we have some interesting things coming up, and then. Yeah, we still got more stuff going on this season. All right. All right, so nobody else has anything else to add? No, nah, I think we 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 did. <clears throat> you know, we don't want to beat a dead Keevan here. <laughs> right. but, uh, uh, they should cast more uh, 70s and 80s, like, European-style rock. Like, I know he's not European, but, you know, David Bowie, Brian Eno, Brian Ferry, all of these guys should be. Anybody who went to Berlin to record an album, they should. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And all of those Berlin guys, Robert Fripp, all of those guys should oh. be. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Lenoir, all of them should be in the show. So, like, uh, make that happen. <laughs> Time travelers, make that happen, please. Uh, y- yes. <laughs> All right, so that's that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you have any questions for us or angry rants to deliver at us for a change, give us a call. Do that at 917-408-3898. That's all we'll say about that. Uh, feel free to do so. And if you want to support the show and us and all our uh, podcast endeavors and get something out of it for yourself and some extra th- thoughts of ours about things that might not be Star Trek related, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves, where we've got a lot of bonus content on many subjects from politics to Dune to and comedy to Marvel movies and comics and anything else. Check it out. See if there's something you like. And we should be starting a new pod. We should be starting a new podcast. Oh yes, that too. Or I think it's already up. Probably when this airs. Oh, probably. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We have. uh, We're starting a book club podcast called the Hashish and Superiority Book Club, and we're going to try and do it in seasons. And we're doing one book for season one, and that is going to be Alan Moore's Jerusalem. You should look into it. It is a. It's a six hundred thousand word uh, opus that is uh, gigantic yeah. and yes. daunting. One book and that has been broken into three books in its <laughs> and <laughs> and its slipcase edition. Yeah, and that's just to make it make it easier to carry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I which I appreciate reading it in the paper mm-hmm. dead trees version. I think the second the second printing is decidedly not in three. I think the paperback is just a giant paperback. Oh, wow. For the second printing. No thanks. So. Give me that one with that shitty cover. 
<laughs> oh, if you want our thoughts, so check it out. We've started reading the book, and spoilers, we all think it's pretty great. Yeah, we, we're we're in love. So if you if you want to hear what it's like for us to be uh, almost entirely uncritical of something, <laughs> right? Not like those other books that we've covered. Like uh, I'm looking at you, Dune. Anyways, yes, please yes. check that out. At the place where podcasts are found. Well, we'll double it on here, but yeah, yeah. Then search for it on your podcast service of choice. Ashton Superiority Book Club. Yep. Do it. All right. Yep. Well, is that it? That is it. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us next week as we go through another episode of Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, we need out. I'm a Steve Walker cheater with a hat full of napalm. I'm a runaway son of a nuclear A-bomb. I am a world's forgotten boy, the one who searches and destroys. Honey, gotta help me, please. in the dead of night.